0: So I agree that it should be in, you know, it should be in combination with a financial advisor. So you should know, you know, where your money is going. You should be able to say, hey, have we done stocks? Have we done, what's? what are we doing with 401k? What are we doing with our investing? Are we putting money in real estate? You know, there are all these alternative assets. Um,
1: Welcome to real estate hustlers podcast i'm your host josh appleman founder and ceo of appleman properties today we've got dr nkem uh, she is an er physician and real estate investor empowering peers and wealth building through multifamily properties and the founder of phoenix capital investment and Kim, we're excited to have you here today if you could let the listeners know a little bit more about yourself
0: hi everyone uh josh it's so nice to uh, to be here with you and to spend a little bit of time with you. So my name is Inkem. I'm an ER physician and based out of Nashville. I started investing a few years ago, just as a limited partner um, and as a passive investor, because I saw the power of real estate investing as a way to diversify my portfolio as a physician and. Shortly after that, um, after a few investments in syndications, I realized the power of it and I started um, educating and empowering healthcare professionals, especially physicians, about this way to diversify wealth. And then I became an active investor, started Phoenix Capital Investment, and we've been growing since then. And it has been an amazing journey uh, to just come alongside investors, to teach, to be able to bridge that gap between medicine and investing in just the real estate world and it's been a great journey, so I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm excited to kind of share my story, let the listeners know what, uh, where I've been, where I'm heading, and where we're all going to together.
1: That's a um, you've got a, a really cool connection because you can speak the language of the doctor world and then also the investing world, and and uh, just the guidance of, of being able to invest um, in deals and and trusting that that you're there. So it's you, you kind of you have two parallels. It's very cool to see that. Um, yeah what really sparked your transition from because you've got a great stable career and then you wanted to get into real estate what was the what was the transitioning moment?
0: Uh, really good question. So it was for me it was sometime around the pandemic. It was a time where I realized that um, the pandemic was hard for everyone. Uh, people suffered, people lost lives. And for us in the ER especially, we saw we saw loss, we saw death, um, but we also struggled financially. Um, Some of my colleagues lost their jobs. We lost um, hours. Significant amount of hours went down early in COVID when we were just not seeing people because there was this fear uh, behind everything around COVID. And due to that, I found that some of my colleagues were getting second jobs and I realized that we were living um, almost like hand to mouth. And and, And also I realized at that point that there was some lifestyle creep that started to happen. So the more money you made, the larger your lifestyle was, and so if there was any um, break in any sort of income coming in, we started like you couldn't afford it, and that was what was that was exactly what was happening to us. And I realized that we needed to find ways to grow wealth that didn't rely on one only one source of income because that's exactly what was happening. And that's when I started investing. That's when I started, you know, just figuring out what that could look like for us. And that's how I found multifamily. Uh, real estate investing. That's when I joined some syndications really as a passive investor. And as the more I learned about it, the more I found that this is just an awesome way to really grow wealth. And the more I learned that, the more I realized that you could really follow your passion and do what you love in the hospital, knowing that you're building wealth while you're sleeping. And that just made what you did more fun. So that's really how it all started. And it's been a great journey since then.
1: Yeah, the cool thing with real estate is, if you have say hundred thousand dollars over there in a syndication, you know exactly where your hundred thousand dollars in is, and you can go drive and see it and feel it. It's not a uh, roller coaster where it's there, it's not there, it's up, it's down. Um, so it, it's definitely cool that you that you you knew the path that you wanted to take, get into real estate, and and you excelled, and now you're you're helping others get into it as well. What are some of the uh, the challenges that you faced during transition of and uh, uh, getting into it?
0: So I think that the biggest thing for me, and I think a lot of us feel that, is that it's this mindset that we were trained to be. You know, we were trained to be healthcare professionals. We're trained to be physicians. So how can you also do this? And that was it. Was that making that leap that was the hardest? And I realized more than anything that it was a mindset. Where, it, you know, when I started to invest in myself, when I started to put in the time and the resources to really grow, then I felt that I could be confident to make that transition. So in the beginning, there was a lot of self-doubt, self-doubt. And also, you know, listening to the opinion of others when they, t- you know, they ask you, hey, why are you doing this? Can you do this? You're supposed to be just this. And you're, you you realize that I can be a physician, I can be a real estate investor, I can be an author, I can be a speaker, you can be all these things if you put your heart and your mind to it. And if you grow, you know, as if you grow personally. So I think that the biggest thing for me was that mindset shift that, yes, we, I was trained to do this, but I can also be trained to do that. And I can walk into a room with that level of confidence.
1: Yeah, that's that's huge. That is um, yeah, personal development, and constant, the uh, constant want to, to do more and be more and um, getting that knowledge through books or through masterminds. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's huge. Um, you've got a, a very particular skill set with the um, being an ER physician. How does that come over to, uh, to where you're at now with real estate investing?
0: Okay. So I think that um, there's a level of adaptability that you need to be able to switch from one thing to the other, whether it's educating you know, at this point, or whether it's due diligence, or whether it's, um, you know, talking to investors about capital raising. So it's being able to adapt to whatever that you whatever you have in front of you at that time. And I also think even more than that is the team approach mindset. So when I'm in the ER, I can't do it myself. Like I rely on EMS to bring in the patient. I rely on my nurses, you know, to be at the bedside. I rely on my text to get me an IV. And that's the same thing. Um, when we think about real estate investing, when we think about buying apartment complexes, you know, I'm just one part, but I'm not the only part. Like I rely on my property management team. You know, I rely on my team, you know, to be able to, um, you know, speak to brokers, to look for deals. I rely on brokers to bring us a deal. Um, And then, you know, even to manage the asset after it's acquired. So there are multiple team, there are multiple players on the team. And so if you don't think about this more as a team approach, you're going to fail. So if I, if I'm thinking that I'm going to come in and attack this myself, that's already a recipe for failure. I think that's truly is one of the biggest things is that in this, there's a team approach, there's a team mindset. And that if you do that, and if you think that, then you you will more likely succeed.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's the great thing with, with real estate is that it's a team sport. You can, um, um, it's it's almost like another mastermind on a on a GP. You've got different people that bring in different skill sets, and um, everyone together, the um, the uh, property succeeds and um, prospers um, for sure. Um, what can you can you describe some? I guess imposter syndrome because you're you're from one career level, and then coming over to um, a diff, totally different career level. Was there any anything with imposter syndrome or, or feeling like out of place? And then, if there was, how how did you overcome that?
0: Oh, completely. So when I think about um, imposter syndrome, a lot of us, as you know, high achievers, struggle with that. So, like even Josh, I know that. Yeah, I know you've struggled with it. Even though you're not going to tell me, but I realize that when you feel like you have succeeded or you have this level of success, sometimes you worry like. Did I get lucky, you know, or how did I get here? Like, there's something like I, even though you know you worked hard, even though you know you've put in all the resources all the time, you you keep showing up, there's still this level of doubt that you just can't shake. Or at least I I struggled with it, you know, but I overcame that by really investing in myself. And I I can't say that enough. Um, it's it's really like showing up, number one. And number two, it's like putting in the time and the effort to grow and also surrounding yourself with people who see where you're going. The biggest thing for me that I will say this, and I hope that someone hears this, is, is that when you know your why and you know your purpose, then you really know what you're going after. And the imposter syndrome will come. The doubt will come. But when you have a goal in mind, when you know where your reach is, when you know the impact that you're going to make, it chisels through that a little bit every day. And I'll tell a story. I remember the first time I um, I remember the first time on LinkedIn, I recently joined LinkedIn and I, you know, I was just and not just, but I was, you know, I put physician and then at some point um, after I created Phoenix, it became real estate investor. And I remember putting that, and LinkedIn has this, um, this thing that like when you start something new or something, it blasted to your entire um, to every all your connection and all your followers. And so I started getting like likes and hearts and oh, congratulations. And for me, it was like, wow, I'm telling the world. And initially, I probably wouldn't have done that, but I'm glad that I didn't have the choice. And, and it did it automatically. But it was just like, okay, I know it and it's okay for others to know it. And I need to step in with that confidence and boldness to do what I've already been called to do. So that was like a one time that um, I didn't do it on purpose, but I'm glad it happened. And I grew from that.
1: Yeah. Real estate. You have to uh, blast the word out that you're in real estate (laughs) Um, because it it is so it is such a relationship intense industry. So it, it just takes one person that sees one post and says, "Oh, I might have a deal for this person," and that and and it's deal by deal basis. So yes. it's uh, it's very relationship intense, and you have to you, you have to just blast out the word. This is what you're doing. This is this is uh, how you can help others. So yes, and, I and then, I
0: fully agree with that completely.
1: And as far as imposter syndrome, for sure, I feel like if you haven't had it, then you're not doing the right things. Because, <laughs> <laughs> and as far as success, if um, you do, were you lucky? And then you want to prove to yourself that you could do it again and again. And you know, yeah. if you keep showing up and you keep keep creating new wins, then um, you've got something. We just... Um, we just started the uh, the Miracle Morning 30 Day Challenge. I don't know if you've read the book, but
0: I have.
1: It's uh, I did it two years ago. Didn't have an accountability group around me, but we started again. There's a t- big kind of accountability group, so it's uh, it's cool because once you stick to it, you keep going with it, and it can be totally pivotal and and life changing. It's just uh, creating new I, habits. I
0: really, I really believe in the power of accountability and really yeah. surrounding yourself with with solid people. You know, it's I I think about like who are your five people that are that are challenging you, that are sharpening you, that you're doing the same for them. And I think that like I love that idea of the miracle morning doing those six things and making sure like whether it's a text or a quote saying, Hey, did you exercise this morning or did you journal? You know, or did you do your affirmations or whatever it is that You know, that's part of the miracle morning. And you're like, yes, I did that. And so much growth will come out of that. And someone else who maybe wasn't as challenged, they'll wake up and they'll get a text or something or log in and see that what you're doing and just be empowered by that. So I like that. I really like
1: that. Yeah, you said the, uh, the why earlier. Once you have the focus and your why, I mean, it's, um, it can get really fun, for sure. <laughs> uh, so we're excited. Uh, what advice do you have for others who might be experiencing some of the men- mental barriers or um, not really sure what direction to take?
0: Oh, so, okay. So I'll go back to a little bit of what I just said, which is the last thing you said. I think the first thing is knowing your why knowing your purpose. Why am I doing this? Why am I waking up in the morning? Because when you have that solidified, it does, It makes it easier in the sense that the problem isn't going away, but you have this resolve and this resilience to show up and fix whatever it is or like break through that. I think that to me is the biggest thing. And I also think that um, when you invest in yourself, I can't... Um, I can't say that enough. When you put in the time, when you put in the effort, when you put in um, when you grow, I think so much will come out of that, that that's a very big way to break the mental barriers, whether it's, you know, joining a course or taking a course online, or whether it's like you said, mentorship, or whether it's coaching, or whether it's a small accountability group. But the question is, how am I growing every day, so that when these challenges come, I'm able to fight it, I'm able to face it. I think that that's, probably the most important thing to getting rid of some of these mental barriers. It's knowing your why and knowing that like I have put in the work. um, And every day you chisel away that self-doubt just a little bit, whether it's the doubt that's coming from internal or doubt that's coming from outside. But the more you do those things, I feel like you're going to start to break down those, just those tiny doubts that are like, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Or who am I? Like, will they invest with me? Um, will I make a mistake? All of those things, you can just start chiseling at them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is huge. Um, having the the confidence that, um, that you're able to, to bring others on a journey with you that way they can, they can experience those wins. Cause once you have other people that you've brought with you, experiencing the wins, I mean, it, it, it's fun. It's gratifying. And, um, uh, there, there's delayed gratification takes time. But once that happens, it's, uh, it's it's a cool experience for both.
0: And you said something really cool, which is like delayed gratification, in especially in real estate. And I tell investors that I work with a lot that this is a long-term game. Yeah. So you're not thinking like, I'm going to make all of this tomorrow. You're thinking, how am I, what am I building for long term? Like, so I'm thinking five, 10 years down the line, I'm putting in the work now to reap the benefit later. And and that's very, very big. Um, It's not a get rich quick scheme. This is truly like, if that's how you make it, you'll probably lose it that way. But if you're thinking I'm investing for the long term, I'm doing this. It's the small wins and the small gains right now that are helping me like that are achieving that future goal. When you think about it like that, I think it makes such a big difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, Planning seeds for the future for sure. yeah. yeah. Um, so, as um, in in healthcare, you're you're in school, you're learning the trade because everything's a skill set. You learn the trades, but a lot of a lot of times, what gets passed up and missed on is um, is learning proper accounting, proper financing, proper budgeting. Mm. Um, why do you believe that that financial literacy is important for healthcare professionals as well?
0: Okay, that's uh, that's a really good question. What I learned on this journey is that we are experts, just like exactly what you just said. We are experts at the bedside. We are experts at taking care of our patients because that's what that's what we do. But somewhere along the way, we were never taught how to manage our money. We were never taught anything about investing, and so we go from. Um, we go from medical school or, you know, whatever it is, PA school or nursing school where you're in debt and you come out and you start making a significant amount of money, but never along the way, did you learn what are the tools to grow this? What are the tools? Like what do I need to do in order to like to steward that what has been given to me right now? So I think there's this gap, which is where I'm so focused on is like bridging the gap between what we have you know, and how to invest it and how to grow it. I think that's the biggest thing where there is that lack of knowledge um, that has been created. And it's not I don't think it's a fault of anyone, but I think it's something that we can start fixing in schools, that we can start fixing, you know, even starting, like I said, starting in school, starting even lower than that. It's like, how can we start just putting in a little bit of knowledge, just dripping in something about, investing something about finance so that it's not a foreign concept so when you get out of school you just don't say and there's not I believe in financial advisors I think they're very well needed but you still need to know what you're doing because it's your hard-earned money so I agree that it should be in you know it should be in combination with a financial advisor so you should know you know where your money is going you should be able to say hey have we done stocks? Have we done, what's, what are we doing with 401k? What are we doing with our investing? Are we putting money in real estate? You know, there are all these alternative assets. Are we buying another business or are we putting money in oil and gas? Just different things that we need to be educated about in order to make a, you know, just well-informed decision. I think that's what's lacking. And I think that's really where my interest is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And investor education is huge. Just learning, teaching along the way. If, um, uh, you, if you've got a financial advisor and they're willing to teach you on what they do to make wise decisions, that's a good financial advisor. The ones who mm-hmm. want to hide how they come to the uh, the conclusion of what they come to, those are usually they're, they're afraid to give away too much information. Those are, in my opinion, stay away from because you know everyone wants to personally grow. And, and if you can grow along the way, get the experience, it's a win-win. I agree. Um, and uh, personal finances are, are everything. I mean, just from the budgeting to just uh, watching the money compound, hopefully in some cases, but, um, what, what are some misconceptions or misunderstandings that, um, that you've encountered with your, um, with your peers in healthcare?
0: Um, so some of the things that I think in talking to, um, a lot of healthcare professionals, sometimes I realize that I hear people say debt is bad. Um, And that's not true at all. Because with when you get, you know, like even with what we do, you know, we buy apartment complexes and we get loans from the bank. So debt is not necessarily bad, it's what you do with it. Um, And I also think that I've heard that, um, you know, investing is only for the uber wealthy. And I don't think that's true. I think you start wherever you are and you grow from there. So that's like another big misconception and the one thing that I have, um, it's not that I've heard, but I've noticed is that we sometimes attribute high income earners to like wise, financial, savvy individuals. And I don't think those two things go hand in hand. Just because you're a high income earner does not necessarily mean you know what to do with your money. And so, but, and so sometimes that is a very big misconception that we need to, um, that's something that we need to combat because I, I definitely think that there's, that there's a lot of um, false information around that, but it's something that can easily be fixed. So when I think about kind of some of the misconceptions, those are the things that come to mind. Those are the things that you know I've encountered, and those are the things that you know we can easily be fixed. And I also think sometimes people think it's too late. And that is another thing where, you know, the, the, the thing that you hear is I should have done it 10 years ago, but yes, 10 years ago was the best time to do it, but now is the next best time to do it. So why not do it today? Why not start small and then grow from there?
1: Yeah, that's, that's huge. That's good advice. Uh, so being a, a female entrepreneur, what would be some challenges that you've faced so far, some headwinds?
0: Um, so starting as, um, as a female entrepreneur, I think some of the things that I have encountered is one, it's funny, it's a little bit of self-doubt. So it's showing up and thinking that I'm not good enough maybe because I'm a woman. Um, that's something that I've definitely faced and I, I don't think that's true. Another thing that, um, that I've noticed is a little bit of like some subconscious biases. So maybe if I come off as a, um, Assertive, it might seem aggressive, and so that's another thing that like I have to watch. I have to think about something else that I think that sometimes that we struggle with is um, this fine line between showing up as who you are versus who you think you're supposed to be. I think that there's a beauty in being authentic, whether it's a woman, whether it's a man. It's just showing up as who you are, what you're sure of. Um, I go back to purpose a lot because I think it's very, very important because when you know where you're supposed to be going, I think that that's the most important thing. So I think some of that is a lot of the, a few things that I faced is this, it's truly this fear. And sometimes it comes from within more than outside. Um, I just, some of the things that I think as a woman that i faced, but those are things that can easily, I think day in, day out, it can easily be fixed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, it, it's, uh, it can be emotional to be um, an entrepreneur in general with different, different ups and downs, but just show up and be consistent and uh, just show up more than anything. Learn along the way.
0: And people it's, see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest piece is uh, and then you just get, you get I think you get, you get more confident as years go on, of course, and then uh, bring it on more employees and more people re- relying on you. So, <laughs> There's duties and responsibilities that comes along with it. I agree. Uh, what would um, yeah. how can how can we foster more entrepreneurs, op- entrepreneurship amongst women, and particular in the field of real estate investing? Ooh, that's
0: a really good question. Um, I that's a really really good question. Number one, I think is that when we link arms together, I think that that's the biggest thing. So I think that like even this podcast that we're doing and highlighting some aspects of it. I think it's the first step. Um, And I think the second is mentorship and coaching. So it's being, you know, it's seeing that others are doing the same thing and knowing that people, um, people less ahead of me can do the same thing. But it's also me looking ahead and seeing people that are doing, seeing women who are doing it, who are a year or two or three ahead of me and figuring out What did they do? How did they succeed? I think that we underestimate the power of mentorship and the power of coaching. Um, You can learn so much when you, you know, when you learn from someone who, like I said, is a few steps ahead of you. I think that's the important thing. And then I also think um, that you have to put in the work. Um, Like you said, it's the consistency that you show up in every day. So you don't, you know, there's no room for excuses. It's not, oh, this happened because it's me. It's like, I showed up, I put in the work, and people see that. People are like, okay, she works hard. She gets deals done. Um, she educates her investors. She says what she's supposed to do. You know, she means it, and she's very consistent. So when you people see that, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. It's, it's your like you speak for yourself. What you do speaks for itself. I think that's very, very important.
1: Yeah, the big one for me is do what you say you're going to do. If um, I, it, that is the biggest pet peeve I have, if uh, you say you're going to be there, be there, <laughs> show up. As, as performance builds, trust is built on performance. So how you how you show up and what you do is uh, ultimately how much people will trust that you're you're going to to do what you say you're going to do.
0: And um, Josh, that one thing is like how you show up. Even how you show up for one thing is how you show up for everything. Yeah. So that is like, I love what you just said. And that's very, very, very important.
1: Absolutely. What advice would you give other women considering to start their own business? Mm.
0: I would say you have to be, you have to be authentic. Um, You have to do what you say you're going to do. Um, I also think that you have to know why you're doing what you're doing and know that you know that I think resiliency is a big part of it, that you, you one, sh- you show up, and two, you do what you're supposed to say, what you, you do, what you say you're supposed to do. Yeah. I think that's the biggest, the most important thing. And I'll say it again, and it kind of is the same theme across the board, which is invest in yourself, join arms with other people, um, grow, and make space for others. I think that's the, I think those are the key lessons that I would, tell someone who's just starting but I would say do it. It's not easy um, but nothing good comes easy. So you you work hard at what you're doing. you believe in what you're doing and I think that that will pay off in the long run and you're not doing it to reap the rewards tomorrow. You're planting you know for like I said a year, two, three years down the line. I think that's the most important thing is the mindset that you have coming in, that has to be, um, that has to be true. That has to be real. That has to be original. And I think that will get you places. If I had to tell my younger self, that's what I would tell her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And nobody tells you to do it alone. It's uh, finding mentors, finding groups, there's organizations that, that foster the, um, the whole process, just getting you to the point to where you're you can go out there on your own and be confident that you're going to succeed. There's, um, there's pathways and it's a, it's an industry and you know, entrepreneurship's an industry on set learning the, uh, the, the, the days and adults, and you can learn it with somebody who's been there like yourself. Um, it has been a, a true pleasure. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, learn more about your company, possibly invest with you, how can they get reach out?
0: Oh, good question. So we, um, our website is www.phcinvest.com, but I'm, Mostly found on LinkedIn. I really like that platform. I think it's just a fun place to grow. And I think that there's just a level of professionalism that comes along that I have learned in the last year. I have learned so much volumes of knowledge, information, but I've also met some of the most amazing people. So um, if you just type in my name, you should be able to find me and I'd love to connect with you. Um, I'd love to just set up an appointment and just kind of talk about what we're doing at Phoenix Capital, how we intend to grow, what our, you know, what our one year, what our three year, what our five year plan is. And like I said, it's been a fantastic journey for me. And I, I want to be able to, like, help others along the path and give value.
1: That's huge. That's awesome. I'm going to definitely look forward to watching you, following you and watching you all grow. So uh, true pleasure. And we will certainly talk soon. Thank awesome.
0: You. Thank you so much. Have a great awesome.
1: day. You too. Welcome to Real Estate Hustlers Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Appleman, founder and CEO of Appleman Properties. Today, we've got Dr. Nkem. She is an ER physician and real estate investor empowering peers and wealth building through multifamily properties and the founder of Phoenix Capital Investment. Nkem, we're excited to have you here today. If you could, let the listeners know a little bit more about yourself.
0: Hi, everyone. Uh, Josh, it's so nice to, uh, to be here with you and to